Let's start out with a word of prayer tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for uh, the season that we can stop and take a moment to uh, just reflect on the many things that we have, the blessings that we have in our life because of you. We thank you for our families. We thank you for uh, this country and thank you for our homes and this church and uh, Lord, just uh, all the things that you have provided to us and Lord, uh, uh, Lord, the opportunity that we have to be used by you, uh, Lord, that you as uh, the God and creator of all things desire to work in and through us, to have an active role in our heart and in our life, to help us to be a difference for you in this world. And Lord, the fact that we get to experience that and enjoy that and Lord, have joy that comes from you. We thank you for that and thank you for that opportunity. Be with me tonight. Uh, as I present your truths uh, regarding uh, relationships and conflict and dealing with that, Lord, uh, helping our kids deal with that. Uh, Lord, we ask that you just uh, please uh, be with me tonight. Help me as I uh, reveal the truths that you've revealed to me in your scripture, uh, that it may uh, have an impact and a purpose, and Lord, uh, help uh, to guide uh, to truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you uh, so much for coming tonight. Um, I, uh, was informed this afternoon I'd be filling in for, uh, Brother Magno, so some of you are stuck with me, some of you uh, are part of the class, uh, as usual, uh, but I'm so thankful that you guys are here tonight and that I have this opportunity, uh, to, uh, speak, uh, regarding, uh, relationships, um, and helping guide our kids through, uh, relationships, um, and then also dealing with the conflict that, uh, in, invitably will come. Uh, it is going to happen that offenses will come. Uh, so uh, I want to start off just by talking about a couple of things that we see as far as um, and deal with as far as dynamics we deal with socially. Um, you kind of have two edges um, and then you have a happy balance in the middle uh, is how I kind of see it. Um, you have an edge that um, you have people that are very outgoing um, some of it, you know, some of it is just uh, that's where they get their energy from. Uh, so it's kind of a personality trait, uh, but it can be it can be something that gets a little um, too far out on the edge, uh, where people can become socially dominant. Um, they're they're kind of driven by the desire for um, that social interaction and for the attention. Um, and the craving for that drives them further and further, and then it becomes uh, to a spot where you see an unhealthy situation uh, where because they always want to be the center of attention, they're willing to sacrifice things in order to get it. A lot of times it's hurting somebody else's feelings. Uh, a lot of times it's putting somebody else down to try to lift themselves up or do something that's just inappropriate um, and uh, causes someone harm um, just to get the focus on themselves again. They're, they're always trying to uh, get it and, and structure that. Uh, on the opposite side, we have people uh, who are socially passive. They're trying to, um, they're, they really withdraw themselves a lot of time uh, from social interaction. Um, and this can become dangerous when, uh, as they withdraw, they start to have an inward focus where they feel sorry for themselves or uh, they feel uh, a victim um, that they're, you know, well, nobody wants to be my friend. And, and, and then they kind of have a pity party or um, in 
the focus is still inward. The focus is still on themselves. Um, they don't recognize that, hey, in order to have friends, you've got to be friendly. Uh, the Bible tells us, you know, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Um, and, and they're missing that aspect. And so um, where the socially dominant person needs some temperance, they need to back away. They need to uh, not have a focus on themselves or be driven um, by the, the complete desire to, of social acceptance. Uh, this person uh, needs to be more friendly. They need to. They could use some uh, work on being outgoing. Uh, usually, this is a person that also may have bad traits. Like uh, if somebody does finally reach out and show friendship to them, they want to latch on and be exclusive, uh, and and that's something that can uh, cause a lot of trouble or disruption. Um, obviously. Uh, when you have these kind of social dynamics and, and these things are out of balance or in somebody's life, um, it's going to lead to conflict. If you get two socially dominant people in the same room, they're both going to be fighting for the attention. They're going to both be uh, going after each other um, and uh, causing conflict there. Um, but even a socially dominant person and a socially passive person, um, a lot of times there's this person looks at that person and doesn't respect them and, and vice versa. Um, there can be a lot of conflict that occurs and arises there. Um, but we should strive for balance. We ought to strive uh, for um a heart that is wanting to interact with people, but for the right reason, um, to recognize that we have the opportunity uh, to be used by God uh, in a special way. Turn to uh, the book of John, chapter 13. Book of John, chapter 13. And we'll start in verse 31. John chapter 13 and verse 31 says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, let a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the, uh, unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you. So here he is. He's telling them. This is, he's approaching his final hour. He's talking about how he is about to be lifted up, like he talked about in, in John chapter 3. Um, and it, that, that God is going to get glory from it. Um, but he's also letting them know that the time that I am with you, that I've, I've been investing it. In you for these three years, but the time I'm about to be gone. You're, I'm about to not be able to be with you, and because I cannot be with you, a new commandment, uh, verse thirty-four, I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Uh, so Jesus, uh, when he was questioned by the lawyer, um, saying, what's the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he said, the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. This is him specifically stopping and taking a moment to talk to his disciples and saying, I'm about to be gone, and this is what I want you to do because of my absence. 
I want you to love one another. I am commanding you to love one another. Is it any love that you have seen in me poured out towards you? I want that love to be poured out to others as well. This is what we are commanded to do. This is the interaction and and the impetus behind why we ought to have relationships and why we ought to desire relationships and why we ought to desire to be friendly um, is that God wants to love us and then have his love pour out through us and into others. And he commands us to do this. Uh, Love is something that takes action. It's not something that can... You can just sit and say, well, yes, I'm, I, I love my neighbor. I love and, 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 say, and say that we love, but we're not actually doing anything to back up that love. Love is something that requires us to get our hands dirty, uh, something that requires us to go out on a limb, to, uh, to do work, uh, to put in effort. It's something that will uh, drive us into action. And as we look and say, you know, uh, as we look, sometimes we look and, and say, well, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to live according to the commandments and, and, and live uh, right living and be just. Um, but here he's saying, hey, you know what? If you haven't taken action in loving one another, you're disobeying a commandment. That's something that I want you to do. You have to take an active role in this. This is something that... You have to obey, um, and that it requires action on your part in order to obey. Sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we think that, well, you know, I've checked my boxes this week, and you know, I've I've gone to church. Check. I've done this. Yep, I've met the expectations of uh, an independent, fundamental uh, Baptist church member. Um, and he's saying, "Hey, I, I commanded you to love one another." What have you done for that this week? What have you done uh, for that? Is that the impetus be behind what your relationships are? Uh, is that the impetus behind um, how you behave yourself in those relationships? Uh, we talked about uh, conflict. Um, when our children get into uh, conflict, um, how do we handle those situations? How do we handle them through those situations? Um, one... Uh, one of the things that we have to be aware of um, is to make sure that we allow it, not to just pull them out and isolate them from it. Uh, conflict is going to happen, and they need to learn how to resolve that conflict. Uh, if we just step in and, and are constantly uh, pulling them away from any conflict that occurs, uh, they're losing opportunity to learn and to grow in those things. Um, the other uh, aspect of conflict is uh, I mean, it's something that you see all the time. Uh, how many times have you heard of the story? Uh, something that I, I can relate to a lot when I was a kid, that uh, two kids are out in the street just fighting, and uh, mom looks out the window and sees them, and you know, she gets on the phone and calls the other kid's mom and is like, what, Get tell your kid to get his uh, grubby hands off my kid? What's it? And the other mom's like defensive, and it's like, no, you tell your kid not to provoke mine, and and suddenly they're fighting, um, and 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 you know it's it becomes something that um, two families are now feuding. Um, and before the moms even start stop yelling at each other, the kids are sitting under a tree sharing a soda because it's over, and they got over it, and they moved on. 
Um, and uh, that's something that we have to look at and say, um, if our kids are having problems with conflict, what, where's their best opportunity to learn how to deal with conflict? Well, it's from watching us and seeing how we respond to conflict. Um, obviously, there's going to be offenses that come. Uh, what kind of example do they see? How do they see us responding uh, when we are offended? Um, to, for an illustration, um, let's uh, we'll pick on your husband since he's not here. Let's say um, let's say uh, brother Ronnie um, is here at the church, and it's a night. We have a missionary, and the missionary pulled in, and he's uh, got a car that's not working quite right. And so uh, Brother Ronnie, like he, he does, he jumps in and says, hey, what can I do to help this? Goes and gets a part and has this, and he's coming through the building uh, with this part. And, you know, I happen to be standing back there. And as he's coming through, you know, his mind's already in that engine, even though his hands aren't yet. And he just runs into me, knocks me down. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, excuse me. And, but, but he's in a hurry because he's got a time limit. He's got, you know, he, he knows that he's already going to be here till 10 o'clock plus, And the missionary's probably got a flight to catch. And so he's, he's already rushing out the door. Um, and I get knocked down and suddenly um, I decide, you know, I was talking to uh, somebody who was new um, and I'm embarrassed. Um, and suddenly I get offended, Right. Um, how do I respond to that offense? Um, you know, uh, one of the things that we have to be careful of is, is we can draw ourselves away and then we can just sit and we can stew on it. Uh, we can start thinking about it. We can start thinking about, man, I can't believe that he just, you know, knocked me on the ground and then just said, excuse me and kept going. And, and we can get like, we can get very internally focused. We can look at ourselves and, and how our pride was attacked, uh, and we can start feeling bad in that way. Um, if we're left to ourselves to just dwell on this, our wicked heart will start coming up with all kinds of imaginations about why it's okay that I'm offended. I was hurt, and, and, and we will start to, to dwell on it, and then suddenly we'll, you know, uh, we'll hear... Uh, reasons to be uh, not only offended by it, but to assign motive to the actions that were taken. And then, you know, if, if we dwell on it long enough, we can start, uh, you know, applying motive to other actions that have happened from, you know, past time that we we had not let bother us. But now suddenly we're like, oh, there's a pattern here. There's there's all these issues. That he, he, it's been three weeks since he shook my hand. And, and suddenly... Um, we can take all kinds of offense as we dwell on this more and more and more, um, and it's all an inner dwelling. It's all us deciding to be offended and then uh, dwelling on it and focusing on it and then coming up with more and more motives about how we were offended or how wronged we were. Um, and then somebody comes up, uh, you know, uh, Brother Peter comes up and says, hey, you know, are you okay? And 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 And, and helps us and and lifts us up and, and says, um, all right, you know what, uh, what, what happened? Are you okay? And, and we're like, oh, no, I'm not okay. You don't understand. You don't know all the things that have happened to me. And, you know, he, he may have seen it happen, but he doesn't know all the things that have happened to you because you have been so focused on this internal uh, 
struggle um, and, and how you found offense to it um, that you have come up and, and, and delved into all kinds of things that uh, of assigned motive and, and reason behind it happening that aren't even true. Um, the Bible uh, tells us in uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, I'll turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, as we sit and stew and allow ourselves to uh, focus inwardly during this time and, and stew on it and uh, become more and more uh, bitter about the event occurring um, and come up with all these reasons uh, to be offended and assign motive to everything. Uh, here's what the Bible says we are becoming wise in. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. The problem here is as we dwell and as we uh, focus so inwardly, um, we're basing our life rather than on the truth of this word. We're basing our emotion. We're basing our actions. We're basing um, our opinions on our own conceit. We've looked inwardly. We've let that become our truth. And the Bible says there's more hope of a fool than of him because a fool has just disregarded truth. He said, oh, you know what, I'm not going to believe there's a God. There is no God. I'm, I'm going to put truth aside. Um, but the problem with the man in his own conceit is he has an awareness of truth. Um, he, 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 knows, he can know the truth absolutely, but still be completely bound to his conceit rather than truth. Um, and he's not likely to let it go. Uh, look at um, verse 16. The sluggard who is wiser in his um, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. What this is saying is, you know, the sluggard, the person who's lazy, uh, has has sat there and reasoned within themselves, like, oh. Uh, the in book of Proverbs says, oh, there's a lion without, there's a lion in the streets, there's, there's always some excuse. He has made all these excuses to himself, and he has uh, wrapped his life around every excuse as to why he's not doing something that seven different men can walk in and go, here's truth, here's what you need to do, and he'll say, I'm wiser in this. And then the next man can come in all the way through seven different men. Um, and, and this sluggard is still sitting there wrapped in, in, in the thought and the focus of himself. Um, even though truth is there, it's available, he's not willing to listen to it because he has already given himself over to that conceit. All right. Um, turn back to the book of... Uh, so, um, how, should, how should I have responded when I got knocked down? How should, how should we respond um, as soon as an offense may occur? Um, if, if my heart is, is, is given to the right place, if my mind is given to the right place, if, if I am committed to truth, uh, if I am submitted to God as my creator and my God who's in charge, um, that's the opportunity I have for wisdom. As soon as I get, uh, as soon as that offense occurs, I need to already be focused on that truth instead of on myself. 
Instead of uh, focusing and, and, and thinking all the ways and reasons I can find offense in the action, I need to immediately go to God's truth and see that he tells me, hey, I want you to forgive even as I have forgiven you. And let that sink into my heart and realize that I have no place to stand on or to hold any type of conceit. It does not belong here. Um, I want you to be tender-hearted. I want you uh, to be a peacemaker. I want you to love one another. I want you to forbear one another. I want you to uh, be a servant, uh, be the least of all, uh, to be uh, gentle. Um, you know, all these things that we can just look at and say, man, God really reminds us a whole lot uh, about how we are to react towards others, about how we are to respond when an offense comes. Um, he does not want us to sit here and dwell and, and be pulled away and become bitter uh, by these things. He wants us to respond uh, with a heart that's active and, and, and ready to listen to him and to hold his truth so that we don't get pulled away into that. Um, the problem comes is a lot of times we know these verses, and instead, when we see gentle, we're like, well, he should have been gentle instead of focusing on ourselves, uh, right? And, and, and that's uh, the problem that we often run into. We, we want to hold others to the standards that we're not willing to keep, um, and then it becomes a dangerous tool uh, because we've decided to be wiser in our own conceit but hold them up to the standard of truth, um, it's something that we have to apply inwardly. And this is what our kids need to know. Uh, when they have conflict, uh, you don't have to train them to blame somebody else for what happened. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're quick uh, to, to say, oh, it was my brother, my sister. Uh, it, was, it was the, the friend down the street. Um, it, it was because they did this. This is why I reacted in this way. Um, and they still need to own their actions. They still need to realize that, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if that friend or whatever did that thing, you are still responsible for how you responded to it. That was an opportunity to step up and to say, I don't want to be involved in something. That was an opportunity uh, to stand for God and for his truth. Um, we are to do everything that we can uh, to have that focus be on the truth and to model that for our kids so that that's what they're seeing uh, rather than uh, a response that turns inward because they will learn that quickly. They know that already. They don't need to be taught that. But if they see it in us, it will just excuse it uh, even further in themselves. Um, we have to be careful uh, and, and watch over how we, how they, uh, how we model to respond to these things. Where is our heart? Where are we? Um, uh, what are we holding up as truth? Is it our own conceit or uh, is it the truth of God's word and letting it guide us? Um, if you think about it, uh, even if somebody does offend us, you know, here we are, you know, I, I, I told the story and, and, and why someone may have uh, been unfocused enough to to knock knock me down, but uh, the truth is, even if somebody was just belligerent and mean and knocked you down, it doesn't do us any good to sit and focus on it. It doesn't do us any good to stew on it. Um, and the Bible even gives us truths concerning that and tells us to uh, love our enemies, it's be good to them that despitefully use you, and. Um, that's something that 
I, I don't think that God is asking anybody to be a doormat to put themselves in a position to be uh, victimized, uh, but he does desire for us to respond correctly to it, even if it is a malicious intent attack on us. Uh, it doesn't do us any good. Uh, it's still an opportunity to become wise in our own conceit, which will just hurt us, destroy us, damage us. Uh, so, um, like I said, I mean, a lot of times we've ascribed motive that isn't there, but even if the motive is there, it doesn't do us any good to sit and to dwell on that uh, and to allow it to be something that uh, we see as a personal attack. Um, where is our focus? Uh, that man who is uh, wise in his own conceit is missing out on what he could know if he gave his mind and his heart over to God. To say, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. He wants us to say, you are my God, and that's where I want my direction to be. This affects every area of our life. Um, The book of Proverbs tells us in chapter 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As we put God where he belongs, it's going to affect what we know and, and consider truth and how we respond and act to it. Um, when we hold God's truth where it ought to be, it's, it's going to give us life. Uh, and it's, it's going to uh, take away the opportunities that are going to distract from us and pull us away. Um, talked earlier uh, in this class of, about um, seeking that wisdom that only God can give us. A lot of people um, are missing what God has for them because their confidence is in the wrong place. Uh, We can have a confidence in our own intellect or the intellect of man. Uh, We can have confidence in uh, in the New Testament. Jesus says that uh, a rich man has a hard time coming to know the Lord because of the confidence that he has in his riches. He says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. And and he's saying that because that man has learned and, and set himself up to knowing how to get what he needs based on a confidence in this um, rather than in him. And that's where God wants our minds and our hearts to be, to say, I want to have wisdom, and I want to have only the the, the wisdom that only God can give me, um, and it's only available as I make, I, I put him in the place that he properly deserves to be as I make him the master of my life. Um, And that's what we are training up our children to know. As we bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is to let them know, not this is just the appropriate behavior to have in this circumstance, but this is your personal relationship with God. How are you pursuing him? Uh, Are you seeking after wisdom to have a relationship with it, to respect it, to love it, uh, to desire it in your heart, in your life? Uh, That is what God desires of us um, and and what we miss out on when our confidence is in something else. Uh, um, That is the intent uh, which uh, will take us away and lead us to wrong conclusions all the time. Uh, There's different areas of our life. Uh, even after coming to know him as our savior, uh, that we can still have confidence in other things. Well, I'm not willing to let this go because I feel a pull towards it. Um, And it becomes something that is a hardness uh, in our life, a hardness in our heart, 
that stops us from knowing truth and putting it into action uh, because we still want to serve uh, another master rather than the true master. We still want to have confidence um, in some other thing uh, rather than complete confidence in God. Uh, so that's what we need to do. It's what we need to model. And that's what we need to teach our kids to love it, to say, hey, you know what? This isn't something that uh, we do just to uh, behave in an appropriate way for others as they see us. This is something that is each and every one of us, our personal relationship with God. Let's pray.